you fight like the civil rights movement. You you gain prog- you make progress. You gain freedoms. You move forward. Well, then the Dobbs case comes along. Welcome to Allegedly with Bo and Ryan, the only entertainment and law podcast that brings you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Allegedly. I'm Bo Bowen. And I'm Ryan Schmidt. You're listening to Allegedly with Bo and Ryan. We're coming to you from our law offices in beautiful, historic Savannah, Georgia, where we'll be chatting about pop culture, hot legal topics in the news, and doing our best to change the way people think about the law and lawyers. But first, a little about us. Bo is so competitive that he once won a staring contest with his own reflection. And Ryan is such a rugged outdoorsman that when he goes for a hike, his feet never get blisters, but his shoes do. Together, we are Savannah's consummate renegade legal titans and the only corporate and entertainment lawyers in the free world who have never lost a single case. Allegedly. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1, Ryan. As you know, we took a little break for the holidays and to get caught up on all the work we missed while we were taking a little break for the holidays, but back and better than ever, my friend. Welcome back. Thank you. It's exciting to be back. And even even Sasquatch took a vacation, you know? <laughs> That's right. Well, I, for one, am looking forward to a whole new year of exciting topics and hot legal takes. I'm thinking of some special guests we're going to have this year. But most importantly, of course, cutting the fool with you, Ryan. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I could think of no better way to kick off a new year than to look back at some of the legal news and topics that happened in 2022. And man, it was there was a lot. Yeah, 2022 was a crazy year. A lot of wild legal things happened last year. So, I mean, when going through this list and thinking of different things that we could talk about, there were a lot of good contenders because just so much happened. I mean, a reality show TV star, Chris Chrisley, ends up in federal prison, right? <laughs> that doesn't make the list, but it could. You also got IMDb being sued for including actors' ages and in, in different uh, biographical information. And, uh, and again, they, they lost that lawsuit. Well, in fairness, as someone who's almost 30, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That actually reminds me of a, a situation that happened about 10 years ago. Do you remember Rebel Wilson from the Pitch Perfect movies? Sure. The uh, Fat Amy. Exactly. <laughs> Which, by the way, probably can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, it hasn't aged so well. But there was actually a situation where Rebel Wilson put on her Wikipedia and put out in the public that she was like 30. Right. Or she was 20 something at the time, but she was actually 10 years older. And it was a, a classmate, a high school classmate that said she was in my she was my high school class. though. So she's like 10 years older than she actually said she is. But by that point, she had already been so successful that people were like, yeah, we'll give her a pass. <laughs> but it is true. There's so much ageism in, in Hollywood. Oh, that's I mean, I hear that all the time. So, yeah. And I can get why. Um, you know, there's that moment where, you know, when you're young, you want to be older and then you hit that age and it's like, yeah, every birthday is going to be a U-turn from now on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I was doing music full time and I'd get like a write up, they'd be like, he's wise beyond his years. And I always get get so aggravated. And then I'm like, now I'm like, well, they can't say that about me anymore. I'm just like. (laughs) 
wise? <laughs> You're at least beyond your years. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's very average with his age right now. Um, but you know, there's been so many, so many legal things that happened this past year. I'd love to just kick off and, and get your take on what you thought was some of the big legal news. Well, I mean, to me, you know, when you talk about the biggest legal news of 2022, there was one that was far and away the top legal news of that year, I mean, in my opinion. There were a ton of big legal developments last year, but to me, one of the biggest legal stories of all time, not just 2022, was the U.S. Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. Absolutely. That was the case of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. I got to say, Ryan, all joking aside, I'm, I'm in my 50s. I have seen a lot of social progress in my lifetime. Take gay marriage, for example. I mean, when I was in high school, no one would have ever thought that was even a possibility that gay marriage would be legal. But now, not that much long, you know, not that many years later, it is now so accepted, it's so routine, it's hard to even fathom that it was illegal and people were so adamantly opposed to it not that long ago. And I've always thought that's kind of how things are supposed to work. You know, you, you fight like the civil rights movement, you, you gain, pro you make progress, you gain freedoms, you move forward. Well, then the Dobbs case comes along. And for the first time, certainly in my lifetime and maybe ever, the entire country takes a huge step back in time and freedoms are being stripped away from people. I mean, they're being stripped away from women all over the country. Uh, it, it, to me, that's almost unthinkable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the whole idea, I mean, we get down to a debate on constitutional interpretation, right? And, and I agree with you that this is a document that's over 200 years old at this point, and it's supposed to grow with society. And that's what the democratic process is so great with that, you know, as we evolve, as, as society's norms and morals change, then, then we can make some real progress. But right now, as, as we've seen with this Dobbs case, there's more a majority of, of the bench that is tied to what was the framers' original intent of this document in 1776. Well, at least that's the excuse they use. Right. <laughs> so, right. I mean, it, it, but they are really doing so many things. Of course, I remember they, they had a case last year where they suddenly said at public schools, it's okay for a coach to say a prayer on the 50-yard line during, I mean, it's like, it, it's insane some of the way things, it feels like, are being just marched backwards, right? You know, but but to just be a little more specific about the Dobbs decision, okay? Roe versus Wade. This actually marks the fiftieth year since it was decided. It wow. was it was decided in nineteen seventy three, and in a nutshell, it held that a woman's right to an abortion was protected by the U.S. Constitution. Uh, it was the legal foundation basically, for legal recognition that women can make their own decisions regarding their reproductive rights in the United States. And that was just completely taken away. One fell swoop. It was by a 5-4 vote. 
They held that the Constitution does not guarantee the right to an abortion, nor even the right to privacy. And it just overturned Roe v. Wade very explicitly. Now, if you remember, Ryan, that's wild and and unbelievable enough. But if you remember, it's made even crazier by the fact that the decision got leaked two months early. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, so, and there was this huge backlash before the decision ever came out. But nevertheless, two months later, it still comes out pretty much unchanged, pretty much verbatim. So that easily gets my vote as the top news story of 2022. Um, you know, a lot of people think that that decision, you know, that was expected to be that huge red wave in the midterm elections. Right. right. I mean, it was fully anticipated. Both sides believed that the Republicans were going to retake both houses of Congress. And it was the backlash to the Dobbs decision that a lot of people think had a major impact on those midterm elections and kept that from happening. Uh, it certainly had a major impact on people's perception of the Supreme Court. If you look at study after study, you will find that distrust in the United States Supreme Court is right now at an all-time high, lower than it has ever been in U.S. history. And I have to believe, I mean, we like to have fun on this podcast, but I truly believe that that Dobbs case is going to impact both the political landscape and more importantly, the lives of millions of women for many years to come. Well, it goes beyond that, Bo, and that's that's the concern for me, right? Is that the rights of a woman to an abortion when the Roe case was stemmed from the Equal Protection Clause and the Due Process Clauses of the of the Constitution, which were also the same clauses that granted federal rights to gay marriage. You know, those... And, and interracial marriage. It, all these other... Per, all these civil liberties and civil rights that we've earned over year after year have been tied to these two provisions that don't explicitly say that, right? So all of those are also arguably on the chopping block. Uh, I mean, it's... It, I've got two daughters, uh, at both of reproductive age, and, and it's terrifying to me. It, re it really is. And, you know, I think one of the things that really stuck with me as a kid, because I, I was only five when Roe versus Wade came along, but of course there was still a lot of discussion about it as I was growing up. But I remember hearing someone once say, and I wish I could tell you who said it, but I, but I can't. Uh, but I remember hearing someone once say that Roe versus Wade was not the beginning of abortion in the United States. It was the ending of people dying from illegal abortions. Wow. So to think that we may be headed back that direction is truly troublesome. Absolutely. So, well... That was my <laughs> very depressing and serious take on the biggest legal story of 2022. And again, one that I think will will echo for many years to come. But what about you? What's, what's your, after that, what's your uh, pick for the biggest legal story of 2022? Well, to lighten things up and to pick a legal matter that completely uh, engrossed the entire nation, just captured everybody's attention, and it hadn't, um, to a level that hadn't been seen since the O.J. Simpson case. And I'm, of course, talking oh, about yeah. the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. 
<laughs> love it, man. And I don't necessarily even want to talk too much about just the facts of the case and the law, but just just how it functioned on a national stage and just all of the like um, considerations that went into people's public perception of that case. Oh, I mean, for sure, because you're talking about in the Dobbs case, you're talking about a case that impacts millions of lives, millions of people. That case impacted two people. And yet you if you go back and look, you'll see that all the social media studies showed that people were reading way more about that case than they were the Dobbs case throughout the entire life of that trial. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, for anyone that's been living under a rock, this case centers around allegations that Amber Heard made in an opinion piece published in the Washington Post. Um, she talked about alleged abuse that she suffered at the hands of Johnny Depp and a marriage that only lasted about 15 months, right? And on June 1st, the seven-person jury determined that both Depp and Heard both defamed each other. There was counterclaims, cross-claims, all that good stuff. but Eventually, Depp's verdict was higher than hers, right. and it kind of was all a wash. Not that he was ever going to try to collect this thing anyway. Well, you know, it is funny because it, the headlines were all that Johnny Depp won the trial. But you're right. Both actually won, or, or both lost, because the jury found in favor of both. But since Johnny's damages were higher and, you know, it, it ended up she owed him money once one offset the other, that was the story. Johnny Depp won. <laughs> well, I, I think he won for a number of reasons because when the story first came out with Amber Heard, it just gutted Johnny Depp's career overnight. Oh, uh, uh, without question. He gets pulled he gets pulled from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, Disney drops him, the terrible Harry Potter spin-off drops him. I mean, he's just completely blackballed from from Hollywood. Nobody wants to touch him. And I feel like this case was a, a case not so much to collect a judgment or, or try to, you know, fight a justice, but really to reclaim his reputation. And and for that, I think he largely succeeded at. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, he definitely got the better of public opinion. Uh, I mean, to me, the wildest part of that whole thing had nothing to do with the legal issues and the facts. It was just hearing all of these stories about their marriage and their relationship. <laughs> and, and, and what uh, we were at a conference two months ago and Camille Vasquez, one of his, his lawyers was there and she said it absolutely right. You know, you can win a case, but lose the court of public opinion and you lose the case. And I think that that was, that was also a deciding factor in this, in this case that Johnny had these incredibly talented, very personable, very attractive attorneys where Amber Heard, her attorneys weren't as attractive, weren't as prepared, weren't as well-spoken. And because of that, this whole narrative was spun that they, they just didn't have the juice to, to fight against Johnny. You heard it here first, folks. Choice of lawyer is important. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why. No, just kidding. We won't go there yet. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's true. I mean, you, you think about Amber Heard came across not very likable, I, I would say. Just she was, she was compatible. Um, I think she was also probably coming on the wrong side. This case was probably coming on the wrong side of, of the Me Too movement, right? And 
you got Camille Vasquez, who who becomes this TikTok superstar overnight with her cross examinations and just her, you know, whip smart with throwing objections. And and people re- are starting to really root for for Johnny here for the whole three weeks that this friggin' trial is going on, and and it just everybody just wants him to win. Yeah, I mean, it really does go to show. America loves its trashy celebrity stories. <laughs> and by America, of course, I mean me. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um, so that's that's a more of a feel-good kind of a gossipy type legal matter. What, what else you got? Well, I think my second biggest legal story of 2022 kind of splits the middle of those between serious and, you know, crazy. And that would be Elon Musk and his misadventures in purchasing Twitter last year. (laughs) Now, before Elon bought Twitter, Ryan, do you know what the largest social media deal of all time was, Ryan, prior to that? Oh, man, the way that you ask that makes me think it might have been like MySpace. No, it was actually back in 2006. Okay, Google bought YouTube for $1.5 billion. I mean, it was one of the biggest deals of all time, especially for a social media site, you know? I mean, up until last year, $1.5 billion was the most anyone had ever spent to purchase any kind of social media site. Well, then Elon Musk decides to purchase Twitter for $44 billion. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, just the numbers alone would have made that a huge news story. I mean, but what could have, I mean, in theory, could have been a fairly straightforward purchase. Well, it then devolves in one of, into one of the biggest legal quagmires in history and had people talking about it pretty much every day for weeks. Yes. <laughs> so there were just so many twists and turns as this thing went along. First, there was the controversy. This is kind of what kicked it off. I don't know if you remember this, but the, there was this controversy about whether Elon Musk was going to join Twitter's board of directors. Right. And people were just breaking that down, the pros and cons, should it happen? Well, then he finally makes this offer that's 40% higher than the company's estimated value, okay? And it just, it feels like at this point, well, this is a done deal. I mean, this, I mean it's just going to happen. But no, it doesn't just happen. Then one of the wildest things happens because it's, Elon tries to back out of the deal completely. Whoops. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, he tried to say, well, I did my research and, and Twitter just has way too many spam accounts, you know, so so I'm just not going to do it anymore. And he he tries to formalize the termination of the acquisition, you know. He could say it was spam accounts, but in reality, my theory personally he just realized he had offered $44 billion for Twitter. (laughs) Not Apple, not Microsoft, not the Los Angeles Lakers, Twitter. (laughs) So, I mean, that that was crazy. Well, I'm sure you remember exactly what happened next. 
Twitter files suit to force Elon Musk to go forward with the purchase. They file suit in Delaware. We all get treated to months of basically daily blasts from Elon Musk, you know, and then they finally, finally announce that they will be moving forward with the purchase. And that announcement is made, I'm sure completely coincidentally, one day before the trial is set to begin in Delaware. Genius. (laughs) And I have to say, in most cases, you would think, well, maybe that's the end of the story. But oh, no, 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 my friend. It just got crazier from there. Remember how the first thing that happened when he actually took over, people start getting fired left and right. Yep. <laughs> and then, you know, a lot of these people who get fired file a class action lawsuit. And then the complete compliance and content moderation staff just walks out <laughs> like furious. And then he starts, Elon starts reinstating the accounts of people who all had been like banned from Twitter for violations of the terms of service and for hate speech and for, you know, all sorts of crazy things. I mean, there has not been a week that has gone by since then without some headline detailing more crazy issues with Elon Musk and Twitter. So in a nutshell, Ryan, I would say that there is a word that very perfectly sums up Elon Musk buying Twitter. What's that? I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with fluster duck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think I can get that one. So that would have been my pick for the second biggest legal story of 2022. But I mean, come on, Bo. He did have some good ideas while at the helm. You know, he, the, the paid for, paid for a blue verification checkpoint. I mean, what, what, what was going to go wrong with that? Right. Yeah. He actually said, well, no one's going to spend 10 bucks or whatever it was, uh, you know, for a verification if it's not them. Oh, have you met anyone in America? <laughs> well, that's my choice for second. What about you, Ryan? What's What was your second biggest legal story of 2022? Okay, so this is a legal story that has been playing out for the last two years now, but it just keeps... It just keeps developing. So that's going to be, of course, the the Rust shooting with the Alec Baldwin movie. Oh, my gosh. I, I forgot that. And, and we haven't even gotten into We didn't even talk about like all the, the Trump documents. I mean, that's how crazy 2022 was. Oh, it's crazy. But you're right. That, that Rust situation. I mean, it's still developing. But what a tragedy. What a just a wild thing, especially when you think about. How many guns have been shot in movies with without incident? I mean, there have been a few, like what happened with Brandon Lee, and and which was a freak accident. But the Rust thing takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, and we talk we talk about this all the time. You know, this, in my understanding of this movie, was it's it's a period piece. It's a western, right? And this was a you know a a six shooter type thing. You would expect if something was going to happen on a, on a set, you'd expect it in a movie where there's thousands of guns, you know, like a John Wick type situation. 
but I mean, yeah, shoot them up, right? Like exactly, exactly. So even just even just the the type of film that that created this is is startling. But this actually starts back in October twenty first, twenty twenty one, when when the horrific incident happens, and and from there, there's just been a slew of civil lawsuits first, and then of course, while we're putting this thing together, oh, now there's criminal indictments. Right. So back in October 21st is when there's this fatal shooting on set. Uh, November 17th, the script supervisor files suit against Alec Baldwin and the rest of the producers. January 12th, the armorer files suit against another prop provider. And then a month after that, February 15th, 2022, the Hutchins family, the the family of the cinematographer who passed files a wrongful death lawsuit against the film's producers, including Alec Baldwin. And then a few months later, the film's production companies actually issued a willful uh, citation and fined $136,000 by the New Mexico Environment Department's Occupational Health and Safety Bureau. And this is the highest level of citation and the maximum fine allowed under New Mexico law. And then a few months after that, October 5th, 2022, the Hutchin family actually announces that that wrongful death case is settled. A few weeks after that, the New Mexico police turned the whole file and the investigation over to the district attorney. And we all know what's happening, what's, what's coming down the pipeline after that. Just a few days after the, the beginning of the new year, Alec Baldwin and the armor are indicted for involuntary manslaughter charges. And I think from a, from a legal standpoint, I think that there was probably some, we don't know the facts, right? We, don't, we, we haven't seen everything play out yet. But just from a, a gut reaction, it sounds like there's probably some criminal negligence on the fact on the part of the, the prop handler. Why was there live rounds in this gun that's handed to talent? I have a hard time with with the Alec Baldwin part of it. Was there like a reckless disregard for human life? Well, it, let's be honest. It's more complicated by the fact. Well, a couple of things. First of all, by the fact that it's Alec Baldwin. You know, Alec Baldwin is a very polarizing person. Uh, I mean, even he's polarizing even to just me, much less the country as a whole. Right. You know, I mean, he's he's very outspoken. He can be very charming. He can be funny. You know, I mean, I love 30 Rock. I love him on Saturday Night Live, that kind of thing. Well, then you hear you know, the, the audio calling his daughter a little piggy and you, you know, just hear him being so insufferably smug and obnoxious and he it's very easy to dislike sometime as well. So it does, I mean, other than who, maybe like Sean Penn or something that there's, there's very few people who are quite as polarizing as Alec Baldwin is. Well, then you also have the fact that America loves their guns, which makes 90% of the people on social media suddenly the foremost gun experts in the world. Right. <laughs> so you've got people on social media saying things like, listen, as a gun owner, I know 
you never point a gun or or pull a trigger of a gun unless you have actually opened it up and checked and made sure it's not a live round. So absolutely, he should be criminally liable because he failed to do that while being completely ignorant of the fact that that's just not how it happens on movies. Right. I I would dare say that Keanu Reeves probably pulls the trigger of a gun. What would you say? 10,000 times at least (laughs) in the John Wick movies. Yeah, definitely. So could you imagine if he's like, hold on before we go forward, let me stop. Let me take a look. Let me make sure this is not a live round. Absolutely not. You have safety measures in place to make certain that doesn't happen. Right. If I'm if I'm jumping out of a building and the safety stunt coordinator rigs me up with a harness, I'm not going to question what they did and say, hey, I think I think you need to retie this and redo that. I'm going to trust that expertise because I just don't have it. Right. I mean, that's exactly why I say, I mean, look, I can't speak for Alec Baldwin. But if I flipped open a six shooter, I wouldn't be able to tell you if that was a live round or a blank. I would just see the back of a bullet. Right. <laughs> That's all that would mean to me. Again, you have to trust the experts. That is why they are there. And so a conversation that you and I have had about this whole matter before and you being the, the film and television guy, I, I've asked you before, you know, why is there even any type of live round on any set? And and you've you've told me you know you've given me a great answer there. Well, yeah, it, it most of the time you don't need it, but there are certainly scenes in movies. Take a scene where um, a father is teaching a, a son or a daughter to shoot, and they've got a watermelon set up on a fence post, and you know you see someone shoot then the the watermelon and the and the bullet go in and the watermelon explode that that's the type of thing you would actually use a live round for now it should never be pointed at anyone and and extreme safety measures should be taken at all times i mean to make certain that those live rounds could never ever get mixed up with a blank but there are literally dozens and dozens of reasons why you may need a live round on a set but again, the rules are in place to make certain that accidents like this never happen. And when you think about how many movies have been made and how many guns have been shot and how few accidents there have been, those safety measures are obviously hugely successful and effective. It's just a mystery to me how it could have gone so wrong, so tragically wrong in this situation. Well, I think that's a good choice for a top four, man. A lot of wild and crazy things. So 2023, you got your work cut out for you. But I mean, and that wasn't even close to all the wild and crazy stuff that happened in 2022. No kidding. No kidding. Do you remember um, what else? I mean, there was the, that Megan the Stallion, the Stallion shooting. And that was uh, the, the, the yeah. guy got found guilty of murder. Um, like attempted it, murder. Uh, She's still alive. Uh, yeah, sorry, attempted murder. <laughs> uh, you're right. Uh, still making bangers, you know. <laughs> that's right. Um, there was like a wasn't there a big like Katy Perry lawsuit l- last year? There was a Katy Perry lawsuit. Now you're making me go through like it was like something to do with like a a 
Christian rappers copyright or something like that. It was like, it was wild. That sounds, that sounds right. Yeah. They were, I mean, just a ton of crazy legal issues last year, but you know, I will say we will definitely be on the lookout for more wild and crazy legal issues in 2023 to bring you right here on allegedly with Bo and Ryan. And I have to say, it is good to be back with you, my friend. I'm sure we will break down everything that happens in 2023 and do our job, which is, of course, to sit here and make fun of everything. <laughs> I mean, kind of like how 2023 will become internationally known as the year of the Bowen Law Group. Exactly right. The year we once again prove we're the most successful lawyers in the history of human jurisprudence. Allegedly. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening to The Legal Mastery and the highly intelligent and easily most attractive true legal outlawers in Savannah. And remember, the only lawyers in the free world who have never lost a single case. Allegedly. To continue to receive free edge-of-your-seat legal anecdotes, mind-blowing takes on hot topics, and a general masterclass in lawlessness, please head over to the bowenlawgroup.com slash podcast and listen. Dude, it's 2023. Surely people have figured out how to hit the subscribe button by now. 